Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. We're so happy to have you join us on a weekly basis, where our goal is to share tips, insights, and practical guidance to help you grow and prosper. Good afternoon. This is Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver, here to uh, share with you another episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. My wonderful co-host, Dr. Elir Gregoris, is not going to be with me this week or next week. He decided he needed to get some time away with his sweetheart, and so they're on a nice, long, beautiful drive, and he'll be back with us in a couple of weeks. I am privileged today to have with me an amazing man by the name of Sidney Jones. He was kind enough to be willing to come on our podcast with us and share his amazing story. If anybody follows Sidney on LinkedIn, he's always sharing these wonderful video clips with him and his daughter, with his own philosophy, sharing these things that to lift and inspire us. And he, Sidney is a man that has kindness, kindness and happiness at the core of his life. It's his core life philosophy. And it's a direct reflection of his wisdom and the higher power and the fa- of faith that he has and consciousness that unites all of humanity. He's very conscious of those things. He also strives really hard to cultivate a calm mind and inner peace, which enables him to focus on what truly matters, and he inspires others to do the same thing. Sydney, so, we're so grateful, so thankful that you could be with us today. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Well, so tell me a little bit about your life's experience. You know, we've been going through COVID. We've been going through some racial strife and upheaval in our country. And with that, there's a big U word that comes out and it's called uncertainty. People feel stress, they feel anxiety, they feel concern about, oh my gosh, how am I going to navigate through all this stuff? How do you how do you deal with that? What what advice would you share with our audience? Yeah, so how I deal with it is uh, finding ways in my own circumstances and conditions to stay uplifted, to have a routine, a daily routine in life that's, that can normalize my life in some way and enable me to adapt to the changing circumstances. And one of those routines is meditation. Meditation is a big routine because in the morning times, I get up, I try to you know clear my head of all the various anxieties or stresses about the future or concerns about the world and just be one with, with nature, just be one with the present moment. And, uh, and then I do simple activities like taking nature walks and capturing my, my ideas and just staying focused on trying to bring everything back down to ground zero. Because oftentimes we get caught up in the world and think that we have to solve every problem. Yes, the world has problems, but if we put everything on our shoulders, we would just stress ourselves out and we'll get nothing done. So I, I, I try to focus on that level of energy and um, the level of focus to make sure that's in place. I have a level of equanimity. And then also to reinforce that is to try to uplift others. And you know it starts with my family, my immediate circle, uplifting activities with my daughter, um, being empathetic to their situation as well. They're caught up in this as well. So whatever I can do to uplift others tends to uplift me. So that's where I kind of leverage disability to be selfless and not 
tend to focus all the attention on me, me, me. And if I start focusing on attention on what, what can I do for somebody else? How can I serve their quality of life and well-being? That just gives me much more purpose in life and much more energy to move forward in life. So that's how I, I deal with it. I love that answer. I love the word that you used over and over and over throughout that is the word focus. It's so easy to get out of focus right now. There's 50 different things happening at the same time, and it's easy to have continual, what I call squirrel moments, you know, squirrel, 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 you know, looking off to the side or off to the right. I love what you said about taking the time to meditate, to be one with nature, to get away and to think about and focus on those things that are most important. You mentioned first focusing on yourself, getting calmness within, but then I love what you said. You start focusing outward. You focus on the things that you can do to lift and build your family, and then you work out from there. You're working within, you're focusing on your sphere of influence and striving to lift and build other people. That's fantastic. Love that. How do you handle feelings of hopelessness? If you look at statistics, there's reports that have come out showing that the calls to mental health lines in the United States alone have gone up over 700% in the last three months. And so there's a lot of real challenges with that out there. How, how do you handle feelings of hopelessness? And, and what do you do to keep yourself if you start having those feelings, what do you do to get out of that mode and, and begin navigating forward again? Yeah, great question. And, and you know what, that, that's something that uh, everybody goes through. I go through those phases where, you know, I get these, this, this sense of, you know, wow, everything is going on and, and I have no control over the world. And it, it is a very frightening feeling. Um, and so how I navigate through that is, one, having a clear understanding of how feelings are. One is, I know that if I can do something else, I can change my frequency. I can change my emotional frequency if I just change the channel. Oftentimes, we get stuck in hopelessness because we don't act. We don't change our situation, our environment. So what I mean by that, if I'm feeling hopeless, oftentimes, you know, it, it could be due to it could do to many things uh, that affects the mentality, your, your eating habits. If I'm not eating properly or getting enough water, if I'm not changing my environment, going outside, taking a walk, or spending time with family members, or just doing things that can give me some, some joy, like some artwork, maybe drawing or writing. So we have to have a plethora of options to tap into when we have these feelings. Because when we have these feelings, the only way to shift our mind out of those feelings is to get out of that state. And oftentimes when we're in those states, we think we can't do anything. It's like our ego is convincing us that there's not much you can do here. You just have to sit here. But that's not really true. And if, as long as we believe that, we'll sit there. But if we don't believe that, we'll step outside of it and we'll, we'll try to do something else just to change the channel. And it works phenomenally for me. I mean, I can change the channel by just going to play dials with my daughter, take the attention off myself. And as soon as I take the attention off myself, hopelessness disappears. It has nothing to attach to. So it's really the selflessness that can render hopelessness useless. It has no ability to take over. That is just so fantastic. I love what you said about changing the channel and you use the word mind shift, shifting your mind. It's, it's all about how we perceive things and how we look at things. And 
I love the fact that you brought up playing dolls with your daughter. I mean, how great is that? Going and taking some time and getting out of yourself. When I was a young man, I had an opportunity to go and, and serve and work as a missionary, not to bring religion into it, but I was a missionary for my church. And there's a story that's always told about a young man who was in England. He was serving as a missionary and it was just awful. I mean, people didn't want to talk to him. They didn't want to listen to him. People were throwing food at him when they were out there. Just a real challenging situation. And he, one week, he wrote a letter home to his dad, and he, he just said, what am I doing here? Why did I even come? He said, you know, I should be home, going to school, getting my education. Why did I decide to come over here? And his wise father wrote back to him and said, son, forget yourself and go to work. Forget yourself and go to work. And so when I think about you, what you just said, I think, forget yourself and go to work. That's right. Looking outside yourself, finding ways to take yourself off what's going on here and say, okay, take your mind off that and say, okay, I'm going to do something different. That's, I love that. Love that. So we've all had challenges. Here's another, another uh, question for you. Every one of us has had challenges in our lives where somebody has hurt us or wronged us. And it'd be really easy to be angry and stay angry. Now, I've been there. I've had family members do things that and make me deal with things that really no kid, nobody should have to deal with. I'm not going to get into that, but you know, I've been there and I've been angry. <laughs> I had that experience of being angry and holding on to that. And it took me a long time to realize that I wasn't hurting anybody except for me. So let me ask you, what's your process for letting go and forgiving others when they have wronged you? Yeah, that's, uh, that's key for me. Um, and, and like you, I've been through some things that uh, caused animosity and, and caused resentment. And I, I had to realize that that resentment was preventing me from thinking clearly, from making uh, good, wise decisions. And it was just basically suffocating me. And how, how I got out of that was, you know, really practicing, meditating on compassion, thinking about the other person, realizing that they're the ones who have to live with their wrongdoing. I don't. And um, making those inner decisions and inner choices obviously have to lead to outer action and, and outer choices. And so what I would do is just, again, take the attention off of myself and say, how can I be used with all this experience and all the things I've been through, whether good or bad, how can I be used to help somebody else that's going through uh, some issues? And so with that, I started to um, you know, just learn more and study more and get more educated about the mind and about emotions. And that really strengthened my ability to help others. And then when I started to focus on others, the ability to let go of resentment became easier and easier. Meditating on compassion became more of a more of a practice and a habit. And, um, you know, even today, I could be wrong by, by somebody, but I, I would forget about it so fast because it's like, it doesn't serve me well. So I think that's the main thing is I want to serve myself well by not retaining any negative or destructive emotions. I love that. And, and interesting, you use the word serve. You want to serve yourself well because you're right. It doesn't hurt anybody but you. It doesn't hurt anybody but me when I hold on to those feelings of resentment. And the other side of that is when we hold on to those feelings, we can't serve other people. Yeah. It's, it makes it really hard. Now, I could say, though, I could make the argument, 
when I'm feeling kind of cranky and angry towards someone, sometimes I found that the best way to get past that is to just go and start serving. Start doing something, again, like we were talking about, forget about myself. And my wife and I, you know, just like any other marriage or relationship, there's times, I mean, we're not perfect and we have had disagreements and but we've made the commitment that we're never going to go to bed angry at each other. And again, not to bring religion into it, but we pray together. We pray together in the morning, we pray together at night. And it's really hard to stay mad at somebody that you're sitting there praying with and praying for. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's hard, hard to do that. So I love what you said, though, about, about letting go and about uh, uh, striving to be in a position where you can be an instrument to help other people. You know, you made me think of Mother Teresa. Somebody asked her one time, you know, how do you do what, what do you do what you do? Or started giving her praise and adulation for the wonderful things she was doing. She says, no, 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 no. I'm just an instrument. I'm just a pencil in God's hands. That's all I am. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to take any praise uh, for what she was doing, but I I love what you said there. So you're a busy man. I mean, you've got a lot going on. You're a dad. You're a businessman. You're you're a father trying to take care of your daughters and take care of your family. How do you juggle your personal life and your business and still manage to stay uplifted? Yeah, it can be really challenging. And and also, you know, being a content creator uh, on LinkedIn and and Facebook and uh, just, you know, all of the social activity, it could be a lot of lot of pressure to, to keep that up. Um, so, so what I try to do is really pay attention to making sure I don't get bogged down with a lot of busyness. It's very easy to get busy. It's very easy to get caught up in a, in a lot of different activities and things and commitments. I try to keep my commitments down and not having too many commitments because that's key, I think, is to focus on, okay, I got a business. I have a commitment to my team. Okay, um, I, I have a family, I have a commitment to my family. Everything else is a bonus. And, and obviously I have a commitment to myself to stay educated so that I can conserve people well. And so I try to go by those priorities by making sure that I'm focusing on the things that's gonna help me serve people in the long term. I think a lot of times we can get wrapped up on, man, if I say no to this opportunity, then it's gonna look bad on me and it's gonna look like I'm being selfish. Well. You got to look at it in totality. If you burn yourself out, then you'll have no juice for, you know, to, to sustain a level of serving uh, for, for the long term. And so I always have a long term view of how I manage my energy, manage my life, and the people that I have to serve within it. No, I love what you said there. There's a statement a wise man once said where there is no vision the people perish. In other words, where you don't have a long-term view and think about what you're doing today, how what you're doing today affects where you're going to be down the road, then you're going to be in real trouble. I love what you say you're thinking about. You've got these different things in mind that you keep in mind, that you prioritize so that you can make sure that you're able to serve other people. You're educating yourself. You're doing the things that you need to do to be able to be the best possible I'm going to use that word again, instrument, to help other people. One other thing that I wanted to bring up, because I've been thinking about this a lot, and we've talked about this with some of our other guests. Going through this COVID pandemic and crisis, there's been a lot of people who have lost loved ones and who have not been able to appropriately and properly celebrate their lives. They haven't been able to have funerals. 
there's people that their mother and father passed away and they're in another state and they couldn't go visit them. I mean, all these different mm. things that have been going on. And you talked about overcoming hopelessness and staying hopeful, even in challenging situations. What would you say to our audience about how do you get through illness, you know, being sick in, in a time like this and dealing with loss that can come because of challenges like we're having right now? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I've, I've meditated a lot on that. Um, you know, we all have uh, elderly loved ones and uh, folks in our life that, you know, could vanish, you know, in a split second. So, um, you know, I, I really feel for people that have lost loved ones during this challenging time. I've lost a, a good friend of mine. Um, and in fact, um, my mother-in-law's, her church, um, they lost two of the board members. I mean, just right a week after each other. It was just oh my goodness, crazy. They just finished up the um, funerals last week. So it is interesting. I think the main thing is to focus on why you're here. If we can, if we can focus on why, if I can focus on why I'm here in the first place, then I can really try to understand the situation, put it into context, create meaning. If I can create meaning out of my life, then I can get my attention more on service and purpose and less on the situation of just not being able to travel or uh, be at a funeral. I know the funerals and ceremonies are very important, but we have to adapt. We have to be creative. We have to have ways to grieve that are outside the normal ways to grieve. And sometimes that may mean just coming up with better, different ways to connect to other people who have, who have been grieving so that you can have some re relation to them. Maybe that's doing a Zoom call um, uh, with them and, and maybe getting family members on a Zoom call. Uh, but we just have to be creative. There's no one answer. I think that can help everybody. I think everybody's circumstances are different. But if you can find ways that, that can enable you to express yourself, to express your love for your loved ones, and um, be able to be used as an instrument for their, for their life, of what they left behind, and try to you know, uh, stretch out and lengthen their legacy, I think that can bring some sense of purpose and, and also some closure as well. Wow, that's great thoughts. When we live in a time like this, it is so important. One of the things that uh, Dr. Ely and I have talked about quite a bit is during this time, we have to make sure we're staying connected. You know, they use the term social distancing. And I, I'll be honest, I hate that term. It drives me nuts because the fact is we're social animals. We're social beings. We need to stay socially connected. And this term social distancing almost has an un underlying implication of emotional distancing. And none of us can be afford, afford to be emotionally distant right now. We can't, may not be able to be at funerals. We may not be able to be there with loved ones that are sick or, and, and we may not be able to say goodbye properly. And so, like you said, we have to be able to connect via Zoom or via a phone call, some way, somehow be able to hear other people's voices and commiserate to be able to have someone with an empathetic ear to talk to. And what you said was spot on. I, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. We're coming up toward the end of our time and need to wrap up, but I want to ask you, what takeaways would you have uh, to share with our audience? Three, three things that you might share. Sure, absolutely. I'd say you, you have ownership of your happiness, and it's up to everybody to take ownership of their happiness. And you know, selflessness is powerful. If you can focus on having compassion for others and you know, being empathetic and being connected, that's gonna just improve your level of happiness and the ability to stay uplifted. 
And I also say, continue to educate yourself uh, in, in, in life. Continue to stay educated, continue to improve and learn. We're, we're all, we, we are all a work in progress and it's up to us to strengthen our level of awareness uh, and build the right practices in our daily life. Oh, that was great. So, Sydney, what a pleasure it's been to have you on the show today. Wanted to ask you if our audience wants to get a hold of you or to reach out to you, where where would they where should they go? Sure, there's several ways they can reach out. Uh, you can go to our website at www.realimpactsolution.com. We have a contact us page, uh, but you can also reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me or send me a direct message if we're already connected. Uh, and then we have uh, some of our other partners involved uh, who you can reach out to, which is uh, Greg Whitus, our VP of Sales. Uh, he will take you through a step-by-step -step white glove process uh, that will enable you to see what we can offer you to solve some of your business problems. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you again, Sydney, for being on the show with us. We so appreciate you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Uh, wish you a very good rest of your day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'd also like to thank our audience for being here with us today and invite you to stay tuned for another great episode next week with David Stone, founder of iFearless and author of the book, Unsubscribe from Anxiety. Opt out of the myth that worry is required and take charge of your own life now. And David really knows how to do that. He's been through homelessness. He's risen above and overcome that. Has a great story to share. We invite you to join us. Appreciate you. In the meantime, have a wonderful rest of your day today. Have a wonderful weekend. And have a marvelous, marvelous week ahead. Thank you. If you have suggestions for discussion topics, please visit anchor.fm slash kindness hyphen happiness and follow the instructions in our show description. Remember, kindness is a choice. And happiness is a choice always. So choose to be kind and choose to be happy today and good things will follow. Have a wonderful rest of your day.